Welcome, welcome, Purpose Driven Podcast with Alex Cornwell. I'm here with a really special guest. Um, I hope you guys have a pen and paper for this one. Uh, this gentleman in front of me, Eric Gubler, uh, I've known him for about a year. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, we went to lunch and that's about all we've talked. <laughs> but in this podcast, there are so many little nuggets you're going to get. Listen, um, so much value he brings. Um, we talk about identity. We talk about just so many things. So Eric, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. And thanks for sharing with us what, what, what you have. So welcome, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here, honestly. Yeah. What do you think really holds people back? Yeah, it's them. It's the soundtrack, the story that they play in their mind. And that's it. The quality of the soundtrack that you play in your mind determines the quality of your life. You've mentioned soundtrack on other podcasts that you've been on. I did a little bit of research, yeah. you know, cause we just met, I mean, we really don't know each other. You yeah. Know, we just went put to that lunch. Out there. We went to lunch once. once. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> was Zupas. like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I've heard you talk about that soundtrack, <laughs> your, your soundtrack to life, you know, expand on that a little bit. Like I, I love that concept and how you call it a soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, just a soundtrack is just a, a autonomic playlist that we play. We all have playlists right in our brain that we mm -hmm. just automatically play based on the situation that we're in and a lot of them can come from trauma you know maybe even back in like elementary school somebody said oh you're not good at singing and now you always think that you know whenever you're called to get up and sing in a choir you're like no that's not me i'm not a good singer yeah well that's a soundtrack right and it came from trauma but when you felt stupid back in elementary school or middle yeah. school or whenever and so it could apply to anything like you could have a soundtrack that oh your parents are your parents have always been poor, so you're going to be poor. All of your family's overweight, so you're going to be overweight, right? Yep. And it's genetic, or it's this, or it's that. Well, all it really is is you've got to just tweak some crap in your brain that that's more positive and that mm -hmm. you can just identify as something different. Because we're, we're human beings, not human doings for a reason, right? Yeah. Like we're becoming. But if we're not using that neuroplasticity that's already there, if we're not like – using it to better our life and and to like become something different then we're just going to stay stagnant and that's 98 percent of the people in the world yeah just stay stagnant it's that simple like what's the story you're really telling yourself yeah i mean that's really what you're talking about it's, it's that simple story internal. that internal story and a lot of times i've noticed too through my life a lot of those stories are subconscious you don't know you're telling yourself that because it's been ingrained in your brain through the years of growing up, your parents telling you, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. Yep. You know, how often do we tell our kids no? Yep. When in all reality, we should be telling, yeah, sure, go try it. Go fail. Right. And let's see what you do when you, you know, to get back up. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I love that soundtrack where we got to be aware of what we tell ourselves. How do you break that habit though? Yeah, it's the triple R, see if I can remember it on the spot, but it's basically... <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. You got to recognize it first. That's the first R. Yep. You got to recognize it. And then you got to replace it. That's the second one. And then you got to repeat. So R, R, R. I R, love R, acronyms, R. but triple R. I live, so, my, I live my life through acronyms. Just yeah, you know, same. <laughs> I have to. Like my, my most favorite one, I always remind myself is KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep it simple. Yeah. I'm an overthinker because I'm always like overthinking crap. So it's like, keep it simple, stupid. Come on. Yeah, no. And you say, you say overthinking, and I think that's a big part of the soundtrack that you play. Like you get stuck. Mm -hmm. Like we get stuck in our soundtracks. And I like that um, the idea 
that, you know, your thoughts, when you don't have a thought that you, well, if you have a thought that you don't want there, you need to look at it more of like a dial instead of a switch, like a light switch that turns on and off because that's a perfectionistic mindset. It's like, I need to be perfect with my thoughts. So turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't say, Alex, don't think about a hippopotamus. Yeah. Don't think about a hippopotamus. Don't think about it. I'm don't already, think about it. come like, on. You're thinking about it <laughs> because your brain just works that way. Mm-hmm. All of our brains work that way, right? And so instead, a dial is just like, you know, a dial on, a, on your car, like you're turning the volume down, right? Like, so just recognizing you are not your thoughts. And so because you are not your thoughts, you're disassociating yourself with your thoughts and just saying, huh. That's an interesting thought. Let me just turn that down. You're not judging the thought. You're not judging you for having the thought. You're just recognizing that that was a thought that came in and you're choosing and being an agent and just turn it down instead of like overthinking, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. Like, Well, I think it all comes down to, you know, you hear all those people like, okay, you got to control your thoughts. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that. Yeah. We have over 75,000 thoughts in any given day. And the majority of those are the same thoughts we had yesterday. Yes. Like 95% of them. Yes. Yes. And you really think about that. If you really want to control it, you'll go insane Yeah, trying to control. It's the actions you take behind the thoughts that you have. Right. If those thoughts you had yesterday are still coming and creeping into your mind, well, did it serve you to take action yeah. on them yesterday? Yes. yes. No. So I love change this, that. this idea. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you can't control them. It's the actions you take behind them. Yes. And I honestly think it's, that's what keeps people complacent. Yep. Because when you start thinking those thoughts, man, I wish I could do this. I wish I could be here. I wish I could take this step here. Oh, but I'm really comfortable here. So I'm going to stay in my comfortability, like where I'm really comfortable. Right. And that's where growth, that's why people stay complacent. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely, dude. I, I love that thought. And you mentioned one of my favorite phrases is, does it serve me? And that's where I try to not look at like good or bad. I just try to think of like, does this serve me or does it not serve me? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is it serves me, I just do it, right? I don't care if it's like right or wrong in somebody's eyes. Like, I don't care. It's not their life. Does it serve me, right? And I think too, like along with what you're saying, like how do we break through to like new levels in our life? Pop the bubbles, right? (laughs) Like the, The idea like of, you know, see a lot of people now like cold plunging. I freaking love it because those are, those are massive right now. I love it too. They're big right now, but I love it so much because what it really is doing. Yeah. There's like all the health benefits that they talk about, but just psychologically getting into cold water is not fun. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And so you're every day, if you do it every day, like you're choosing to do something hard that sucks. Now there's so many other things that are so much easier than that. Other decisions, like if you have to knock doors for a living, like that first door is easier because (laughs) you went in the cold plunge, right? Yeah. And so you want to unlock that capability inside of you. Do hard things, like commit to hard things every year. Like when you see something that's like, I don't want to do that, but I know it's good for me, just do it. Mm -hmm. It's like going to to the gym. I mean, you work out, you go to the gym. Do you honestly really love doing cardio? No. Do you love, love the result? You love the result. Yeah. But you don't love, you don't have to love the process of getting to the result. Right. You just got to grind and do it. So that's called commitment and discipline. Right. You know, I mean, you're in a sales profession, real estate. Do you really love prospecting? No. I freaking hate it. <laughs> I hate getting on the phone. Door to door. I hate knocking doors. Exactly. Yeah. But you loved the result it got you. Yeah. Why do you think so many people disassociate from that? Yeah, it's pain. 
I mean, I tell people all the time, everything good in life is on the other side of pain. Everything. Expand on that a little bit. I, I, I agree with you. I can't think of an example where anything good is not on the other side of pain. Yeah. That's lasting. That's, I mean, I really can't. That's a lasting, like, this is what's going to stick with me. This is who I'm becoming. I'm changing. I'm different. I'm growing. Like, everything in that realm is on the other side of pain. You've talked about the gap before. Like the gap in the gain? The gap in the gain and, and the gap. I mean, it, that's where that, I truly believe that gap is where you feel that pain. Yeah. You know, where you hit those plateaus, you want to get here and there's that gap in between your plateau and that mm. gap. Well, that's where that pain comes in or that discomfort or that uncomfortability. Yeah. And you got to go, you got to embrace that part. And I truly believe I, for most of my life, I mean, not most, but for 10 and a half years of my life, I didn't hit it. I didn't do it. I, I was scared of that pain Yeah. because I was scared of the unknown. I truly believe that's why a lot of people, they're too scared of that unknown to actually face that pain. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, dude. I think that along with what you're saying is that some people, they need to feel a different kind of pain so that like you're always choosing between pain. Pain or pleasure. Yeah. Either, you're either avoiding pain or going towards pleasure. Yes. But sometimes you're choosing between the lesser of the pain. And that's sure. what I'm talking about right yeah. now is like, yeah, you may have pain of like not hitting your fitness goals, but the pain of looking like fat and ugly in your mind, in your mind, when you look in the mirror, uh -huh. okay, not other people like you, ver you versus you, that pain is maybe less than going to the gym. Yep. So you're choosing between the two pains, right? So I, I talk about this sometimes as the, and I've heard this from like Alex Hermosi when he talks about like when you want a lasting change to like really propel yourself into a new level or to like new heights, new levels, use trauma, like use trauma from your past to be able to help propel you that way, because that's like a really heightened amount of pain. And that kind of goes back to like my story with like almost dying in my um, propane accident. So I was, I was in California and uh, there was propane that leaked inside of a truck for uh full 24 hours basically holy crap and so it was just full of propane in the air in the back so i knew where it was and it was in a it wasn't supposed to be there but i knew it had to be there it was this grill that was in the middle of the truck so i climbed over everything to go turn it off but i developed static electricity so when i went to lift up the cover that was over the grill there was a spark i remember seeing it with my finger and all the fumes in the truck just blew and everything got singed including me like second degree burns everywhere where there wasn't clothes they life-lighted me to California, uh, San Bernardino. And I was in the helicopter, Alex, and I was thinking to myself, like, I could die right now. Because they were saying, like, the fumes could get in your lungs and then, like, the the actual flame gets in your lungs mm -hmm. and singes your lungs and then you die, like, within 20, 30 minutes. So they're rushing me there to see what's wrong, see if I'm okay. And I'm thinking, based on what they told me, I could die right now. And to me, that was trauma. Like, I was going into shock. Yeah. And, but I kind of had this like still moment where I was in the plane and I was like, I could die right now. And if I die right now, would I be happy with the life that I've lived so far? This is four years ago. And I'm thinking to myself, not really. I just feel like there's so much untapped potential that I haven't been pushing towards. And that was hard for me. 
I couldn't, I couldn't handle that pain. Yeah. And I had a wife, I had a daughter, and my wife was pregnant with our second. And I'm thinking, I can't leave them. And so obviously I'm here. And so I got out of it, but that is what fuels me. Like that moment where I was like, I want to live my life intentionally because I don't want to die knowing that I left something on the table. Like the parable of the talents rings so true to me. Like when Jesus said, like talks about that parable where, you know, he gives everybody a coin and it's like this guy multiplied, that guy multiplied, that guy multiplied, that guy sat on it. And it's funny because the people who multiplied, multiplied differently. Like some one dude like multiplied it a lot more than the others. But to every single one of them, he's like, good job. To the one who just sat on it and didn't, he's like, you're slothful and like you're wasteful. And like, why did you do that? To me, that rings so true is like, it's you versus you. Like, yeah, there's always a bigger fish. But are you doing the most that you can to be intentional with your life and the superpower that you have to bring that value to the world? And I've heard people say like, Alex, dude, I've heard people say like, well, nobody's going to remember you because think about how many people in history people remember. Who gives a crap? Does it, yeah. Who gives a crap if people remember you or not? It's not about them. It's not about them remembering you. It's you v. you. Yeah. That's it. It's the legacy you're leaving for yourself. Yes. And that's really what it comes down to. I that's Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Sure. I mean, it does give you perspective on life when you go through something like that. I've never been that way, you know, like been life lighted or my life on the line but it does give you perspective, right? And let's talk about perspective a little bit. Sure. Why did that change, that going through that change, that perspective that you had in life? I mean, you say you don't want to leave stuff on the table. What do you feel, where, where do you feel that came from? Why do you feel like you have more to give? You know, at the time, to be vulnerable and honest with you, there were things that I had in my life that I was doing that I wasn't proud of. Interesting. And when you're hit like that, you, 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 those hit you really hard. Do I want, does this serve me? Mm. You know, is this thing that I'm doing in my life right now, does it serve me? And when you're in that state of mind, it's a weird state to be in. Mm. And it's hard to describe, but you're weighing it out and you're like, this isn't worth it, you know? And that changed my perspective a lot. Obviously, the, the, the trauma, the heightened awareness, you know, the fight or flight. But then also because there was things in my life that I knew, to, knew I needed to change. And then on the other side, it was like, well, yeah, change these things. But like, look at all this potential that you're going to leave on the table. How do you think, because most people, I mean, really think about it. Not many people go through a traumatic experience like that. I mean, that really propelled you to make that change. What, what, what about those people that don't have that, that still want to make that change? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think about like, for me, it was a traumatic experience in my life that made me go down the path that I'm going down today. You know, mine was committing suicide and mm-hmm. having a gun to my head mm-hmm. and being saved by my son. I've talked about that quite a bit on the mm-hmm. podcast and everything. And that was the turning point for me. It put perspective on life that like, dude, you're alive. Yeah. Be grateful that you're, you're here every single day and you have a, have an opportunity to be here, to give back, to be a father, to be, you know, a human being. I love that you say that human being. But what about those people that 
you don't need a traumatic experience to make that change. It's a choice. Like you said, you, you mentioned that it's a choice. How do people make that choice? Yeah, they got to find a why, right? And I think that's what you break it down. That's what we're really feeling. Mm-hmm. We found our why. We found our purpose. We found something that was bigger than us that we're chasing. You know, I don't think it has to be that big starting out. I don't. I don't either. But here's something that I love that Ed Milet says that I that maybe will help for the, your listeners is. Uh, I love this thought is, you know, he, he believes that his version of hell is that he gets up on the other side, wherever that is. Yeah, I've heard him say this. And he sees his potential. And his version of hell is seeing that person and they're complete opposite people. And that means that he didn't achieve his full potential in life, right? And on the other side, it's like, well, his version of heaven or bliss is that they're identical twins. Mm-hmm. And he looks at life like every single day I'm chasing my potential. I'm chasing that person so that one day I can stand in front of that person being identical twins and saying, I caught you. Yeah. I freaking caught you. That time that was hard in my business when everything failed and crumbled and I went bankrupt, I was chasing you. That time that my marriage failed, I was chasing you. That time I was addicted to drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever, I was chasing you through that. Yeah. And so I feel like as humans, we're always going to have crap. Like you kind of mentioned like, yeah, I don't think that everybody has a traumatic experience. I think everyone has trauma in their own way. It might not be putting a gun to their head. It might not be like having a propane tank blow up, but there's something that's traumatic to them that they can use. And that to me is like the point. Find what fuels you. Just by being alive and breathing, you're going to have trauma of some kind. Yeah, Use it. Just say, screw that person, screw that event, screw whatever, and I'm going to go freaking get what I want. Yeah. Period. That's it. I love that, man. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, everybody has something going on in their life. It might not be huge, like I'm in the deathbed, but everybody has something. You mentioned back some of your purpose. What drives you right now is to give back, to help men, women become better human beings. Why does that fuel you? Yeah. We're, we're going right in, man. Yeah. I love this. You know, I've, I've spent, 2022 for me was a huge year of growth for me. And I really spent a lot of time thinking about this. Like, what is my purpose? What am I doing? Like, obviously I do real estate, you do real estate. And it's like, okay, that's what I do. But who am I? Mm-hmm. What's your identity? What's my identity? What's my purpose, right? Yeah. Who am I? What's my superpower? What has God given me that is untapped, that soundtrack that I can play to be able to go and bless the lives of others? And that to me is like... Like there's pleasure or there's like, you can have fun, you can feel pleasure, you can feel joy, but full f- just by like doing things that are fun for you. Like we mm-hmm. mentioned Disneyland, Universal before this, right? Like going and doing those things are fun, but it's not fulfilling. I feel like fulfillment comes from serving others through your purpose, through your identity, through who you truly are and the gifts that God's given you. So 2022 for me was, how do I find that? Like, what is it for me? What fuels me? What fires me up? That fires me up more than anything else is to find people that are truly seeking to be the best version of themselves because that's what I'm trying to do. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's like, okay, how do I get around more people like that? One, it fuels me because it helps me be better being around people like that. But I also love seeing people break through those barriers those, and just having those wins. Like it just, the, like ultimate fulfillment for me. And so 
I just broke it down that simple. I want to make men better versions of themselves and women better, better versions of themselves. And that's simple as that. Like, dude, there's so many freaking nuggets in that. What you just said right there. <laughs> I need to start taking notes. Um, the, fir- the first thing I love is like proximity is power. Yeah. You know, your, your, your vibe is your tribe. I've never heard it said that way, but that's so true. And you want to surround yourself with people that are like-minded and everything like that. And I love that. And the best way to do it is to serve others. Yeah. That's how you find your tribe. That's how you find it. And you also touch on fulfillment, the true meaning of fulfillment. And I think fulfillment, I'm in a position in my life right now where it's like fulfillment and identity go hand in hand. I truly believe like if you truly are finding who you are inside, there's external identities attaching yourself. You know, we know those people. I was this way for a long time. You attach it to, you know, your, your, your external items, your money, you know, your wealth, who you are. Like I'm a realtor, I'm a broker, I'm a coach. Those are all external. I'm a father. I'm I, I, I'm a husband. I'm sorry. Those are still external identities. Those can go and will go away someday, possibly, hopefully not for most, but they could. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What's your eternal identity? Yeah. And how do you help that, that internal identity fuel that purpose, fuel that, that fulfillment? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. How does one go and connect with that internal identity? So how, how do people, you do it? I've had people ask me that, like, well, how did you like come to that realization? And I'm like, dude, I worked on it for a long time. And then they'll ask me, they'll ask like, so how do I do it? And it's like, they ask it in a way of like <laughs> today. Yeah. I'm like, good luck, dude. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to have to grind and work and push and sweat and bleed and cry. And, you know, you're going to have to go through a bunch of crap to get there. But can you get there in six months? Maybe. Can you get there in three months? Maybe. Can you get there in a year? Maybe. But here's the truth too, right? And I think you'll agree with this. It's You're, you're constantly peeling back the layers of the onion. Mm-hmm. My identity will continue to get more clear as I seek it out, right? As I continue to go down that path and I continue to become like – become the best version of myself. Like it will become more clear. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. But once you have that, like, okay, this is it. Like, this is what fuels me. Just start going down that path. Like, cause you're going to find more and more. And I found that to be true. It could just be illuminates more and more. And one thing I've noticed too, and I think you can contest to this is once you start providing value, mm. the income, the money, the everything becomes a byproduct yeah. of that value you bring. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, dude. And I think that's, I've been thinking a lot about that lately too. And I've been journaling about it. It's like, okay, so often I I find myself still sometimes trading time for money Mm -hmm. and getting away from that whole notion of like, no, what value can I bring? It's not about the time that I put in. It's the value you bring. And I truly believe that also comes from your identity. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. Money is just an exchange of value created. Yeah. That's it. So if you exchange more value, you'll make more money. But people seek the money first. Mm-hmm. I want to make more money. That's the first thing that they say. And I've been guilty of it. Oh, every, but, I think everybody has. But I, if you go the opposite route and you say, I'm going to provide more value and I'm going to pump out more value, you're really saying the same thing on a bigger scale. Huh. People people just throw money at you, right? Like yeah. I have people offer me money for things I'm like all the time. And I'm like, I don't even know them. And I'm like, <laughs> they'll like want to pay me to like – They'll be up north and they'll be like, hey, I want to drive down and talk to you and, and come meet with you in your office. What do I owe you? I'm like, nothing, dude. Like, what? No. you know. And they just want to throw money at me because of the value that I'm trying to provide. So yeah, like focus on value. Focus just like you're saying, like just provide more value with your purpose, what you're good at. Yeah. 
And I think that value, when we, when you provide that value, it expands. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Though we live in an abundant world that continues so, to expand. And so when you provide more value, you just, yeah, it just grows and grows. Here's the thing where I think I, I have to tell people, like, I get asked more than anything, you know, kind of going back to your original question, like, how do I find my purpose? How do I, how do I stop the nine to five? How do I like go and seek that true potential? It's an acronym that I call team. Okay. And this is my word for the years team. So team is an acronym that stands for time, energy, attention, and money. Okay. T E A M time, energy, attention, money. And these are the things that you can leverage to be able to become the best version of yourself. So your time, your time, there's only 24 hours in a day. The only way to make more is to hire other people because now you can compound that time over people. But you only have a finite amount of energy before you crash. And energy I see is like physical, like muscle, right? Like, yeah. like to be able to move things or walk or run or do things physically. Attention is more cognitive. Okay. So that I, I've been asked that, well, what's the difference between energy and attention? Well, that's the difference. There's like the physical and then there's like the mental. And then money is how do I leverage? It kind of goes back to time, like creating more time. How do I leverage money through systems, people, processes to be able to get more time back? So you leverage that way. And, and you can use those things to be able to scale to different levels in your life mm -hmm. as a person. Here's where I think we get stuck. We get stuck by saying yes to too many things. Amen to that. I'm, we say I, yes to way too many things. I am such, I'm so bad yes. at that sometimes. And when we say yes to things, what we don't realize is we're just bottlenecking ourselves. We're getting so busy to where we're just pouring into pouring and pouring and pouring into so many people when then pretty much like eventually we have an empty cup uh -huh. and we can't pour from an empty cup. And so it's like we're over leveraged and we haven't gone back to the basics of I only have some, a certain amount of time. How do I get more back? Now, how do I give more time? Because if you're, yes, you, you want to create value, but when you when you ex like just expel everything from your life, if you're just giving everything away and you have nothing left, there's nothing left for you to give. Yeah. And so we have to say no to more things to find our purpose. We have to find the time where we can be able to just be clear and conscious, like go sit on a mountain, like we're in Utah, go sit on a hillside for two hours. Do you have two hours to give? Some people don't. Because they work twelve hour shifts. I think I think it's because they don't think they do. They really do. They do. I mean, and that's I think the misconception of time. Mm. Oh man, I have no time. I can't do this. I've caught myself doing that all the time. I just don't have enough time to do that. I just don't have enough time. No, it's not that I don't have enough time. It's, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yep. You get what I'm saying? Yes. I, I just think don't sometimes want to. That's absolutely correct. Because I'm overwhelmed. Because I'm so leveraged, yeah. my time is so leveraged out there, I'm saying yes to so many things, I'm overthinking, I'm overwhelmed, and I just stop. Yeah. If you find yourself, I, I'm a true believer, if you find yourself being a procrastinator or procrastinating, that just means you're over leveraged. Yes. That means you're just overthinking. Your energy you're is overwhelmed. depleted, your attention is depleted, your time is depleted, and your money is not looking great in the bank account. Exactly. You're low on everything. So when you find yourself just scrolling through Instagram, going like this, instead of scrolling, you should ask yourself, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why am I procrastinating what I know I need to be doing? Yeah. Why am I overwhelmed? Yeah. Most people don't do that. Yeah, I catch true. my I catch myself not doing that. Every we waste so much time on social media oh scrolling God. that we could be doing and like finding our purpose. If you just took that time, you'd be a better you'd be a better version of yourself mm -hmm. for sure. But what but I absolutely agree with what you're saying. 
There, I think the majority of people are in the boat that what you're saying. But I do feel like there are people that have put so much stuff in their life that they don't have the time, energy, attention to be able to go. Because here's what I get a lot. And you might get this too. And see if this makes sense. If not, challenge me on it. Like I love this back and forth. But what I get a lot of time is, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to work for myself. I want to go and chase that. And I'm like, hey, what do you currently do? And I'm like, they're like, well, I work for this company. I make 30, 40, maybe $50,000 a year. And I'm working nine to five or nine to six, or maybe it's 12 hour shifts or something like that. Maybe they're a nurse and they Uh work 12 hours. It's like, okay, cool. Well, then what does the rest of the day look like? Well, I have kids. I have three kids. Okay, cool. So what does the time look like for them? Well, yeah, when I get home at five, I'm like with my family. Okay, well, that's important. Yeah. So what time do you really have to be able to work on a side hustle? Well, yeah, but I, I, I'll find time. I'll find time. No, you don't have time. You're up at the gym. It's it, you should be at six, okay? Or and yep. then you go work out for an hour, hour and a half. You get back, you shower, you eat, you get to work on time by nine. Now from nine to five, you're working. You come home, you drive home maybe thirty minutes. It's five thirty. Then you're with your kids and put them down at seven thirty. Now you should be with your wife. So from seven thirty to nine thirty, ten, whenever you go to bed. You should be doing stuff with your wife. Maybe your wife wants to work on a side hustle with you. You're blessed. Yep. Like that's really cool. But that's the only time. Now you're tired. Your energy is depleted. Your attention is depleted. You don't have a lot of money because you're working nine to five for $30,000, $50,000 a year. Where are you going to find the freaking time to go and start your side hustle? I, but yet they come to me and you and oh. they say, I want to start my side hustle. Where in the day are you going to start your side hustle? Oh, You've got to burn the boats. You are get fired up about this. Oh my, no, I do too, because I hear it every, you know, I'm a broker, you know, that with century 21 and I hear it all the time. People wanting to get into real estate. Hey, I got my real estate license. I'm so excited to get this career off and going. Um, but I still work a full-time job and I've got all this and and all those little excuses come. They're not excuses because they're important. I mean, family time is important. And that's why when I talk, when people like that come to me, the first thing I hit on is exactly what we're talking about today. Why do you want to do it? What's your, what's your whole goal? What do most people say when they want a time or when they want a side hustle or they want this? It all comes down to the money. It has nothing to do. Well, I, every once in a while, well, I want more freedom. Sorry, bro. Real estate. You're not going to have freedom. (laughs) No, (laughs) you know what exactly what I'm talking about. If you're really going to be successful in real estate, there's no freedom. No, you know, it gets to the point where your job owns you. Yeah. If you, and most realtors, Build and then it you that have way. to try and figure out how to get it back. Exactly. And that's the wrong way to build the business, you know, but I mean, that's a total no, side, absolutely, you dude. know, but it is, it's, it's like you can create your time. And I love how you say, you got to burn the bridges. You got to burn the bridges, but you got to be smart about it too. I've seen many people that have come to me and you can, you can see when they come to you and they ask for that advice. Hey, I want this. Yeah. Yeah. You could see it in their eyes, the determination. They're willing. You call them sacrifices, but they're not sacrifices. Hey, I'm willing to put my family time aside for a few months so I can get this going. Sometimes that's what it takes. And that's what it takes. People, oh, you're willing to sacrifice time with your family to do that? No, it's not a sacrifice. It's giving them a better future. Right. It's all about perspective. But most people don't have that kind of perspective. Yeah. Dude, that stuff fires me up too. Yeah. It's like, don't come to me asking for advice or asking for, you know, this handout and teaching you and coaching you on how to get to where you want to be if you're not willing to actually put in the work. Yes. Part of my French. Yes. I'm fired up about that too. Yes. Like I've told agents, more agents to, hey, it you better state your nine to five. 
than getting real estate. Right. You don't get your real estate license because you're not going to make it. Right. I want to be that upfront person going, bro, I love your tenacity, but it's not time for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, dude. I think both of what we're saying is like, they're looking at it as like, what do I need to do more of? And what we're really saying is, what are you willing to give up? Exactly. And you're not looking at it that way. They don't want to give it up. But it's not giving up. It's not like sacrificing. So many people are like, oh man, I have to sacrifice this. Yeah. I'm in a point again, like going through these, I love that we're talking about this because I'm kind of going through a little transition in my life right now with coaching podcasts, you know, and I look at it going, okay, do I really want to add this to my plate? Because I, I mean, I'm 41 years old. I don't want my level of, I love my lifestyle. I love being able to go to the lake every weekend with my family. Mm -hmm. I love being able to go skiing, you know, and I don't want to give that up. That's a choice that I've made. I'm not willing to sacrifice that because that's more important in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what else can I take from to make my coaching and, and my podcast happen? Well, it's waking up at 7 a.m. like we're doing right now. Right. It's yep. taking time. Okay, I know I can go to the gym this afternoon instead of going in the morning. Yes. You know what Dude, I'm saying? Yes, just it's, that. It's, yep. it's, it's, willing, it's willing to look at your schedule going, okay, maybe instead of really focusing yeah. on doing four transactions a month in real estate, I'm going to do two because it's still pretty damn good to do two deals yes. a month. Yes, And I'm taking time. It's, it's all about time management and actually yes. be willing to do it. Dude, what you said, we got to talk about. So you're like, I'm going to go to the gym in the afternoon. Like, I love this thought because it's like, screw the mundane nine to five mentality that even, even entrepreneurs get caught up in. Oh, yeah. Okay. And like, let's, let's jam on this for a little bit. I have a buddy who lives in Maui right now. And he's like, my, you know, my, my Mondays are this, my Tuesdays are this, and my Wednesdays are that. I'm like, wait, you don't work on all of your stuff that you have going on every day? It's like, no. I have an assistant that like keeps everything like tracked for me. I'll go to the gym in the afternoon when I want, and I schedule it however the freak I want. If I want to take a nap, I go and take a nap. If I want to go sit on the beach for two hours and just journal, I go and journal. I'm like, dude, you're literally like living the life that you, you're creating exactly what you want. And as entrepreneurs, we think like, Oh, I'm like, I'm just got to be at my phone at my desk and working from this time to this time because that's what people do. No, that's a cultural thing. Exactly. You can do whatever you want to do with your schedule, but we, for some reason, are bound by this like cultural idea that, oh, hey, it's three o'clock, so I should be working. Oh, I get crap. I get crap all the time. I get to the office around anywhere between 6.37 in the morning, yeah. every morning, yeah. my real estate office. I grind. I'm working. I'm out of my office by three o'clock because I work out with my wife at three thirty. Between three thirty and four, I'm at the CrossFit gym. I'm working out. Yeah, that's my time to work out, and I get Love shit it. so much because they're like, bro, that's when you should be on appointments. And I was like, no, that's my time. Yes, it's my yes. schedule. It's my routine. It's not yeah. yours. Screw your schedule. Now, does sometimes do I have to accommodate <laughs> and and change and shift? And sometimes I don't make it because important things come up. We all know how real estate goes. Yes, you know, there's some stuff that comes up, but. But a lot of people respect that. 80% of the time, where am I at? At 3.30. I'm at the gym working out with my wife. Yeah. That's our time. And clients, when you say no, usually will find a time that works for your schedule. If it's important to them, yeah. they'll respect you. They respect it. They're like, he's got his freaking schedule dialed in. I like this guy. It, it, that shows that you are capable to help them with their needs. Yeah. Because you're willing to be capable 
in your needs yeah. first. Yeah, and you are consistent, exactly. and people like that. So, like, hey, these are my hours. This is where I can fit you in. Okay, if we need to have a special, like maybe, but let's schedule it out. It doesn't need to be today. Here's the other thing that I see a lot of agents do and entrepreneurs do is they get a phone call same day. Hey, can you show me a house oh. at three o'clock this afternoon? They didn't have it on the schedule. And it's they're chasing the money and they're like, their whole schedule gets messed up because mm -hmm. they're like, yes. Yeah. because Unless they've scheduled that time where it's like, this is where I'm going to show. But it's like everything gets thrown off because they're like, yes. When all they need to do is say... Look, I'm actually here this time. My schedule is like set with this, but I'd be happy to do it tomorrow when we schedule a time for it. Guess how many people I've had like say, no, I'm going to go with somebody else like zero, dude. Exactly. Because they respect your time. Yes. And that's one thing I love about what you just said is, does your job work you or do you work your job? Yes. And so often as self-employed, that's not, you're not a business owner. Your job's running you. Yeah. And a lot of times in sales professions, because you're not, I love your acronym team. That's, we're talking about that time. Yeah. Leveraging that time, understanding what time really means in your life. And that's one thing that it's a pet peeve of mine. We treat time as it is the most infinite commodity we own. Yes. I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just go to the gym tomorrow. I'll just do this tomorrow. And I'll call my kids tomorrow. I'll talk to them tomorrow. I'll give my wife, yeah, we're, we can just do day night tomorrow. What if tomorrow doesn't come? Right. You've had that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Time is the most infinite, and I'm getting emotional about this, but it is the most infinite commodity we own. And we're never going to get it back. You're never going to have that time back this last week with your kids in Disneyland. Cherish it. Stop treating time like it's some infinite commodity that we'll always have because you don't. You'll never get it back. You'll never have that time back with your parents, with your siblings, with, with anybody. Cherish them. And I think that is something that society and just in general, we just need to fix. And we need to have more people talking about that. Cherish the present moment you're in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The present moment and just be present. Be present. Be present. And it's hard, yeah. especially when you're a goer, you're a driver, you're a doer, like you are. How do you stay connected to the present time? Because if you're like me, my mind is always, okay, I'm going there. I'm doing this. I'm clear on my vision. I'm going to be making this. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. How do, you, how do you ground yourself on a daily basis? Right. Well, my wife helps with that. Get married, get married now. <laughs> it helps, yeah. It does. It does for sure. But dude, it's so funny. Like you're thinking about, you know, as you're saying all of that, thank you for sharing because I was getting emotional inside too just listening to that because you're absolutely right. Like be present in the moment because those are the things, whether you feel it in the moment or not, you will one day treasure that. Sometimes you don't feel it in the moment, but you think back even six months, a year, like I look back at like those times at Disneyland in the past, I'm like, that's what I treasure the most. And I didn't feel it so much in the moment. Oh, it's a grind in the moment. Do you really want to be walking around a freaking park? <laughs> yeah, hauling two kids, one in the park. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, no, I don't but want that's to. That's what you cherish. But that's what you cherish. We were just talking about this last night because we we're coming back from California and we were talking about like how grateful me and my wife were to be able to spend that time the last three days as a family and how close we feel on everything. Like it's it's amazing to be able to feel that feeling. And that's designing the life that you want to live. You've actually mentioned that multiple times that we're creators. Yes. And going back to living our full potential, 
You want to live your full potential? Be a creator of your life. Yeah. Go create. We're bred that way. We are, especially men. Yeah. You know, it's... Well, well, both, but but we're different. We we create maybe more physically... Oh, physical yeah. the businesses and, and, and buildings and different things. Women, Women create cre- humans. <laughs> oh my, they create humans like we they can't cre- do that. Oh. But they create culture. Women That's... create culture in the in the home that we can't do, man. It's no. special. I mean, I spend I spend time with my kids alone and I just look up to my wife. Yeah. Like, how do you do it? Yeah. Like how do you how, how, every day, day in, day out, taking care of these little human beings and you know, and, like yeah. It's funny, like we we just bought my wife. She's always wanted a Frenchie. <laughs> oh my hell! We so we got this damn dog now. <laughs> this damn little Frenchie, the cutest little shit you'll ever see in your life. Named it Cain, the spawn of Satan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I look at that dog. I mean, this is coming from a woman when I first met her. So I, this is my second marriage, Keisha. We've we've been together now five and a half, six years. When I first met her, she wanted nothing to do with dogs. Now we have three of them. Holy cow. Okay. So it's like a freaking kennel in my house. <laughs> but this little dog, she is attached herself. And I, I love it. I love watching just her smile and just stuff. And I always just look at that going like, man, that's just, she treats it like her, her little kid. Just the care and the joy. And I know I'm, I'm equating a dog to a kid, mm-hmm. but just the care that a woman brings to a life. Yeah. It's something that, I don't think men, we'd really understand. No. You know what I'm saying? And I look at her taking care of this dog and I would, I never had the chance to have kids and, and I've seen her rear our, my kids from my previous marriage and, and her current kids. And she's the most loving mother to her kids that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And just watching her with this little dog, I was like, man, I cherish those moments because it's love. Yeah. To yeah. this damn dog that pees on my bed. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Don't get me started, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we can connect with that as men. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think to your point, you know like women saying? are amazing creators and it's something that we can't do. And for what I, what I think you're really saying, Alex, is like on the men's side, like when you said like we're really wired that way, I think what you're saying maybe internally might be that we're just wired to be the provider. Yeah. Like our identity is tied up in that. And like if you – if anybody asks us to do something that's not that way, what they're really asking us is to give up our identity. Well, I think it comes down to the the difference between masculinity and feminist femininity. Is that a how do you say that? Yeah, yeah, I get what everybody you, knows what you're fem, saying. Feminine. Yeah, no, I mean, no, let's like, roll with it. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though is we're you know we need to be that masculine role, and they have that feminine role, and when they are true to that feminine role, they're true purpose and potential comes out and vice versa. Right. How often is that crossed now in society? Don't get me wrong. I am a firm believer that women equality, like I'm not going down that road. Okay. Right. Trust me. Like they are, I love women and I love, like, I think they have a place and, and you know, if a woman wants to go work, go work. But there is that, that cultural difference that we need to separate that masculinity and feminist yeah. side. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Dude. Like Jordan Peterson talks about all the time that like majority of men in the oil field or it's like 95% men in the oil field. Why? Because it's physically demanding. They basically kill themselves every day physically to be able to be a part of that industry. It's like, well, okay, do we want to make it equal and have women go there too? Like physically they can't handle it, right? So it's like we can't have equality in all things, but we're also not saying let's put everybody in a box and you have to be a certain way. 
Exactly. Like there's just there's innate things in most people that are like, hey, this is what drives me. This is what fuels me. And for me, it's a, being a provider, being a creator, my family going and making the bread, but then also providing value to the world. And that's fulfilling for me. Okay. But I also feel like a woman should have that equal opportunity. We've talked about this in our family. We just hired a nanny. So our kids, our five-year-old and our three-year-old in school are in school Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. We hired a nanny Friday, um, well, Wednesday and Friday so that she can have a three-hour break every single day. And those two days, though, from our, our little two-month-old, she doesn't have to take the two-month-old. So now she can go do the things that she wants to do in those three-hour blocks every single day. Like we created that so that she doesn't have that feeling of I'm stuck at home. I have postpartum depression. I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. Like you if you're feeling that way, then go find a way to make it happen. Like don't get so stuck in your depression that you don't go find a way to go change it. You are a creator of your schedule. You know, I, I will challenge you a little bit on that. Go ahead. I love it. Okay. And the reason why is because I lived with a very, very deep depression for 10 years of my life, 10 and a half years. I still struggle with it sometimes today. And a lot of times when you're in that depression state, you see the out, you see the outside world, you see where you want to go, but you're just so depressed. You don't go search it. You don't go seek it because you don't have that energy to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where having a strong relationship and a strong person like yourself and you and your wife, who actually created that? You went and found that. And that's why it's so important to have that relationship and those relationships, that proximity to people yeah. that can recognize that depression. Because if it wasn't for those people in my life that recognized that I was in that depressed state that helped me seek that help, I would never have sought it. That's so good, dude. Yeah. I don't feel like that's challenging. I feel like it's adding to. Absolutely, yeah. dude. Like, and I have a life coach that helps me with stuff internally that I deal with. And I've been going to him for three years and it's helped me so much. I, I think everybody should go to somebody like that to unlock these soundtracks, right? And what you're talking about to me is like he, he's mentioned that he's dealt with people with severe depression. And what he's learned over a massive scale of people coming through his program is that he'll test them before and after. And he'll say, look, I know you don't want to do this. But when he asks them after they force themselves to do it or somebody holds their hand through it and they do it, a hundred times out of a hundred, they feel better doing it. They just don't want to. Yeah. They just don't know how to pull themselves out of it to go and find the energy to be able to go and do it. So to your point, absolutely. Like we need to be that support for our spouse when they're going through that. Because my my wife has, has po had bad postpartum through every single kid and we've had three. Yeah. But if it wasn't for you being there by her side, helping her through that, right. would she ever gotten through it? And <laughs> would we have? Yeah. And, we would and, we I have mean, lasted. And, and really think about that. Think about those people that, I mean, one of my most cherished texts that I've received, again, I'm not going to get emotional, but I am, was from the people that have, have reached out to me going, Alex, thank you. You saved my life mm. for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your story. I decided not to make, it's that whole notion of don't make a, a temporary, a temporary solution or a temporary event on, or, or a permanent solution on temporary emotion. Yeah. And I think that's what depression is. It is temporary, but people that are in that state don't believe that. They think yeah. it is a permanent yeah. solution. So they go out and do something drastic, like commit suicide, commit, you know, do something really stupid make that permanent solution. And some of those cherished texts I have is like, Hey, I, I did not go do that because of what you did. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. That's why I wake up at 7am and do this. 
is if we can help that one person yeah give back you know what i'm saying yeah and how many people are lost in the mix that we know we could go reach out to that aren't our spouse that are i mean i don't know if you heard about that kid that just committed suicide here in town senior in high school and it just it hits me so hard thinking about like he had a whole life to live and he made that permanent decision off that temporary emotion yeah that affected generations right you know what i'm saying yeah it's powerful who can we go out and help through that depression who can we help you know cuz it takes people like you to go do that yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i love that dude no i i think that's super good you know you mentioned like you know that was a, that was a text that like was one of the best texts you ever got I was asked a question just the other day, just last weekend, actually, somebody asked me, if you were not in the room and someone were to pay you a compliment, what would be the ultimate compliment? What would you want somebody to say about Alex? I'll ask you the same thing. I'm curious to know. If somebody were in a room and they were to pay you the ultimate compliment for you and you were to hear that, what would it be? What would they say? You know, I actually got proposed that question two days ago from a, a guy in really? my mastermind. It was said the different way. He mm -hmm. said, if you could pick five people to go to your funeral, who would you pick? And what topic or what would you have them say about you? Mm -hmm. So kind of the same thing. Love it. And I've thought about that, like, because we're supposed to get together tonight. And I'm, I haven't written anything. I've started writing some stuff down. I, I, I erased it. And it's really thinking first and foremost, the first thing that came to my mind is like, I really don't care what people say about me. That's the first thing I think about. Huh? I really don't care. That's cool. The reason why is because I love who I am and the person that I am kind of selfish in a way that I know that I put good and value to this world. Like I'm confident in myself and what I do, not in a cocky way. It's so, you be you. It's yeah. you be you. And, and, and so to me, I really don't care what they would say. What's more important to me is what my kids look at, what my kids would say. That was my dad. I'm proud that he was my dad. I'm proud that I was able to associate with him and saw his growth and saw what he went through, saw that he overcame the obstacles he did to get to the place he, he was at that time. So for me, that's more important than other people. Wow. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, that's powerful when you think of it through the eyes of a kid. And so, you know, I mean, you you could say all that superficial stuff like, oh, man, I hope they'd say that he was a man of service and did all that. But in all reality, is that really important? Because that's not my – I'm not out to seek um, to seek that from other people. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in it to, to leave a legacy for my kids and to be the best human being I can. And if I'm doing that, then I know that everything's going to be good. That's said. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Does that like answer it. your question? Yeah, absolutely. It's whatever you feel like inside, but I love hearing that because I feel like it kind of brings out the soul in a person a little bit. Like, what are you really, what are you really going for? Yeah. I'm not, you've thought about it before. Some people haven't ever thought about it, and so they draw blank. I didn't take you as a person. I knew you'd have an answer. I knew 100% that you would have an answer. But some people, I think, get stuck. 
And so for some listening, if you try to think that right now and you get stuck, you need to journal. You need to have the time to be able to know what is it. Well, and I think if you don't really know who you are as a human being and love yourself first, Mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to answer that question. So even before you're able to answer a question like that, it comes down to who are you? Yeah. What is your identity? Like, like my identity to me is, is I am passionate. I'm human. I make mistakes. Yeah. I'm love. I am loved. I'm inspired. I'm inspiring. Yeah. It's my I am's. I love that. I am's, dude. I talk it's, about that all the time. It's my I am's. that's your identity. It's my identity. It's you are. Inner, I am. Inner identity. Mm-hmm. It's something that I write and I journal every single morning. There's three things that I write down every single morning. My gratitudes. Mm-hmm. Why I'm here. I'm grateful just to be here. Yes. Everything else is a gift my intentions, what I intend to do today, tomorrow, and in my future and the legacy I'm leaving. And my I am's, I'm passionate, I'm courageous, I'm committed, I am human, I'm unique. I am loved, I am love, I am passionate, I am passion. And it's something that I cherish every single day. And I think if more people actually did that, yes, they would really learn to love themselves. Yes, I do that at night. And it's similar, but it's a little bit different, but it's always gratitude driven because you put that in there and there's a lot of I am's in there and there's a lot of brain dumping, just getting brain dump out at the end of the day. Like, this is what I did. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm headed. And it's like, I know where I want to go. Am I getting there? Do I, did I move the needle today? Mm -hmm. Like, do I feel like I'm getting closer? And I look at my daily plans and the tasks that I did that day. And it's like, okay, did this add up to where I'm trying to go? And if it didn't, I need to get rid of it. Do I think I love that? Did I move the needle today? So many people that I coach and that, and that, you know, that I've been around, they expect this massive change in this needle. Did I make this massive change in the needle? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When all reality, did my needle go up two millimeters? Yeah. Cause that's 1% better. That's enough. Yep. Cause if I'm doing 1% better every single day, that's a 365% increase that year. That's a pretty good rate of return. Massive change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. The five years ago to, to today, is your life drastically different? I couldn't imagine my life as it is today, five years ago. Yeah. I like, couldn't either. Like, I couldn't either. Eric, Absolutely couldn't. Eric, you really think about it. In March of 2020, I was $70,000, $70, $70,000 in debt, living pretty much with my girlfriend at the time. I uh, had a car to my name. I could barely even pay that. No job. I just got fired from being a broker, not making any money, depressed, alcoholic, drinking way too much to where I am right now, three years later, you know, net worth of over a million. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Doing what I love, living a life of fulfillment, contribution, growth. There was three declarations I gave myself that day. Number one, stop chasing life and start living it. Number two, fuck it. Fuck people. (laughs) Fuck trying to have other people take care of me. Yeah. Stop relying on other people. Nobody's coming to save you, Alex. Nobody is coming to save you. You've got to save you. I say that all the time. I love it. Number three, stop chasing money and just start serving others at a high level. Those are my three declarations of life. Dude, if everybody could hear those three things and just live by those, drastic difference. Change my life. Yep. To a point where... Financially, or I'm set. 
you know, we're, we're doing really well. I'm working on a cash flow right now in my life more than net worth. I've realized, you know, those little shifts like, okay, net worth really isn't, it's all about cash flow. Yes. Let's get cash flow. Net worth will come. When cash did you flow. start feeling that way? Cause I started feeling that way beginning of 2022. Mine was actually the middle of last year because I, I had gotten my net worth, um, over a million, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I did it. I did it. Oh, I, I can, ca- I can call myself a, you know, an asset millionaire. Yeah. And then I looked at it going, well, shit though, my, my, my cash flow is still, I'm still having to do transactional. I'm still, I'm still building transactional wealth Yes, where I do a transaction, I get paid. That's not transformation. This is your summer sales guys. This is your real estate people. These are your loan people. These are your title people. Anybody that's in self-employment. Commission check. Commission check, transactional based business. You're your financial planners. You know, it doesn't matter if that checks a hundred grand. You will have to go make another one if exactly. it's not cash flow. I really decided I've got a great friend, mentor of mine, Justin. He's been telling me this for like three years. He's like, Alex, focus on transformational wealth, transformational wealth. We need to get it. And it clicked last year going, mm-hmm. no, I need, I, I want transformational wealth. I want that cash flow. So I've got, I set a goal by the end of this year. I want 500,000 of passive income coming in. And then the year after that, a million, you know, and just start building it that way. And that's my new goal is like, okay, how can I get passive income? Whether it's through crypto, whether it's through, you know, real estate, because that's what I know, whether it's through owning businesses, but actually being a business owner, leverage your time, leverage your people, leverage that money. And it doesn't take much money. So many people is like, well, Alex, they ask me all the time, oh, I don't have 300 grand to go invest in real estate. I don't have 300 grand to go buy a business. Well, guess what? You don't need it. Yeah. That's a mis that's a misconception that most people society puts on life. Yeah. You can go do a real estate transaction with zero down. You know this, you're in real estate. Yep. I mean, how many people do, do we know that do that? Yeah. You can do it. Just go use it as your primary and then taking, live there for a little bit. It's taking that risk is what yeah. people don't want to do. Yeah. Cuz every and it's just funny. I ask investors the same thing and you probably have felt this same way whenever you go and invest in anything, but especially in real estate. I've never met anybody that says I, that, that, that doesn't get like a ooh, cringy feeling like, is this going to work? Oh, it scares every, the shit out of me every, every single time. person. Yeah. Even if the deal is like, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to make 20% cash on cash return. Your ROI is 20% on your money annually. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You'll still get like a, uh, <laughs> we were, me and my wife went out yesterday um, and looked at a couple townhomes. Cause we, I want to buy a townhome. I've got a 22 year, 22 year old stepson. Just want to help him out, like have him rent from us, you know, a couple buddies. I want an investment property too, so it's a win-win. We were walking through this little townhome, and I had that exact cringe, like, am I really doing this? Yeah. Am I really going to, you know, buy this property and, and actually invest in this property? And it, you get that sense of like scarcity mindset going, yeah, bro, you can't afford this. What the hell are you doing in this? And you start talking, self-talking yourself out of these investments and out of these opportunities when you know, I know for a fact I can make it happen as long as I get the loan. Yeah. <laughs> but even if I don't, I know other means to do it. Right. But it's that self-talk. You tell yourself like, can I really do this? Yeah. And that's scarcity. Yeah. That's that scarcity mindset coming in, which we all are born with. You have to, I, I, I'm a firm believer, you have to learn and you have to practice abundance in your life. Yes. It yep. doesn't come naturally. No. Scarcity comes naturally. And fear comes naturally. Fear comes naturally. Yeah. 
But we got to know how to use the fear, and that's one of the things that I love. Mm-hmm. Is fear can be good. Fear sometimes helps us show up here. Like fear of not looking good on camera made me dress a little bit nicer today, right? Or fear of not like being <laughs> you look prepared. Beautiful, to, by the thank way. you. <laughs> right? Like there's some fear that's good, but we got to know when to use it. And yeah. most of the time, we need to we need to get rid of it. You know, I got a really good. Uh really good buddy of mine. We went to lunch last week. I don't know if you know Jeff Philstead. Do I? Maybe. Solid podcast. Okay. Go check him out. Cool. He's awesome. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, he's done so well financially. Just He's just a, a solid human being, a mentor. I look up to him. We were talking about that last and he called me out on, he's like, Alex, you're basing your, your, you're basing your decisions on fear. What other people will think of your decisions you make? Mm. And he just asked that simple, does it really matter? Yeah. And he's like, you got to learn, like to- Tony Robbins says, you got to learn to dance with that fear. Yeah. Learn to help have that fear help you in your life versus take away from your life. Yeah. Are you going to face it or are you going to run from it? Right. I want to talk on this for just a second. It's a quick yeah. second. My wife is so good at this. And for those that want to get in, into real estate and invest like we have or do, do things through real estate, because there's so many now, I think it's so popular. And you, you're going to have that feeling. So get, just know that, right? But one of the things that my wife is so good at is she helps me understand the worst case scenario. And she always say it. She's like, she's like, is this going to work? Oh, no, I'll be the one that says, like, is this going to work? Or should we do this? And she'll always look at me and go, babe, if we lose everything, we're fine. And I, I start to go like well, the worst case scenario, which goes back to my accident, like the explosion. If I were to die, I'm not scared of death anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, you have to Is dance that a- with that a little bit. You have to be okay with like the worst case scenario. Like, what if I die? What if I lose everything? What if I go bankrupt? If you can let that emotion sink in and be okay with it, like literally just like gr- wrestle that fear until you like pin it. And you're like, I don't freaking care. Screw it. If it happens, I'm going to live my life because I feel like this is the best for me. Yep. That's when the power comes. That's when it's like, all right, it's, we're going to make this it's, happen. It's that whole thing when you look at your wife and you're just you're ready to do that investment. Like I put quite a bit of money into a crypto um, project last year, like a lot. I invested a lot and it's paying out really, really well. But I looked at her, I was like, you know what? It's just money. Yeah. I can make it again over and over. Yes. And I realized right then that I've learned, and this is your wife, she's learned to not tie her identity yes, to the to external the item, mm-hmm. money, or to or the, the asset. Or how, the, yep. how many people do you know that are very wealthy and very rich, but they hoard everything? Yeah, and they're miserable. And they're miserable because they've tied their so identity many. to that specific yes. thing. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it could be to anything. Like, it could be, and you know, don't take this the wrong, it could be to religion. It could be to a person, a place. They've tied that identity to to that external item, but does it really serve them? I'm not saying you don't want to tie, uh, tie yourself to God or to you know your faith and your beliefs, but religion and beliefs are two totally different things. Yeah, for you sure. know what I'm saying. Belief systems, yeah. Belief systems, and religion, different for sure. I think a lot of times I t- I'll t- I say this all the time. And I just came out of it with a video on Instagram about this, but it's like when you're talking about the physical assets and like, a t- like tying your identity to those things, I think what we're really after, Alex, is we're after the emotion that we think that we're going to feel when we're in that Lambo. Yep. 
That's what we're after. We're, we're, we're seeking the emotion that we're going to feel when we're on top of Mount Everest. We're seeking the emotion that we're going to feel when we're at Disneyland. Well, I, and that's what we're after. It's not the actual physical thing to it, but the physical thing, if we look at it is like, that's the target. That's what we're shooting at. But we need to be conscious of like, we, but we just want to feel this way. And that way we're not like I tied to the identity of like where I'm a, I am a Lambo owner. Yep. Right. Well, I think it all comes down. I mean, how often have you hit a goal and you've set, you've set that goal and you work for that goal and you hit it and then you go, yeah. well, that wasn't, uh, okay. Now what? How many people do you know that sold their business for 60 million and were like, okay, now what? Exactly. It's everyone. Every single one of them says that. Well, do you know why? It's exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Cause they didn't tie their identity to that business. That's not who they are. Yep. Who they are is an entrepreneur that builds businesses, that's creative, that's committed, that's driven. That's their fulfillment. It's their IMs. Yep. Yep. Creating the value is their fulfillment. It's not exactly. the money. It has nothing to do with the money. Yeah. It's a byproduct of the value you bring. Yep. I always, yep. I get asked all the time, how do I make more money? I don't become a better human being. Yep. What does that mean? Figure it out and come back and tell me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I say. It's For like, real. you got to figure it out. I can't tell you how to become a better human being because it's different for everybody. Yes. Becoming better and becoming more is different for you than it is for me. Yep. And I think people have that misconception, especially with all those gurus and all these books and all this self-help out there. They're like, okay, I'm going to read this book and it's going to help me become better. Well, is it? Or I'm going to listen to this mastermind or go to this and go to that. But they just sit going, okay, I've read the magic pill. Am I better? Yeah. They don't stop. They don't put in the work. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Sometimes they're one decision away too. And sometimes it's, they're cheating on their wife and you stop. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're, they're addicted to drugs and you should stop. Mm -hmm. And I mean this in the nicest way possible. I'm just saying like you're human being, we're all human beings and we all have shit that we're doing <laughs> that we need to stop doing. Yeah. That's holding us back. It's a sandbag that we're carrying. It's, we're, it's weighing 75 pounds. We're carrying it everywhere. And it's, it, could be, it could be that we're, we're looking at porn. It could be that we're, we're only doing it once a month, but it's, it's robbing us of self-worth. It's robbing our relationship. It's making us feel guilty. It could be a, a multitude of things. Maybe we're gaming too much. It That's could, not my thing, but be, some people are. It could be as simple as you're not making enough phone calls in your job. It could be as simple as... Like one decision. One decision. It could be... I love that concept. It could be just waking up at six instead yeah. of seven. Yeah. It could be one decision to get out of your friend group that's not serving you. Dude, Because they're all broke. Let's talk about that for a minute because I think that's huge right now in society and just in, in general and in, in the power of proximity. I know we've touched on it a little bit, yeah. but what is that? I mean, you, we talked about it and you talked about it a little bit, but aligning yourself with people that are like-minded. I mean, you've aligned yourself with some amazing people in the real estate investment. Has that helped propel your real estate investing? Yeah. And like, what has that done for you? How can it not? Right? Like you see what they do. And it's like, I'm a competitive person and I'm a driven person. And I think a lot of people are, I like winning, but mm -hmm. I, I hate failure more than I like winning. Okay. That's an important concept for people to understand. Your high, high achievers hate losing more than they love the win. All of them. I agree. They hate losing more than they love the win. But when I say, when we talk about proximity, the reason I am the way that I am is 100% of who I am around and try to be around all the time. When I look back at my last five and a half, let's say six and a half years, which is like going back to like when we were first married, me and Corinne, um, it's the people. 
and it's saying no to certain relationships that don't serve us and don't help us grow and just trying to put ourselves in bigger, just bigger rooms. And people ask me now all the time, they say, Eric, how do I get some of the rooms that you're in? And you probably have this too, because yep. you hang out in some of those circles. How do you get in those, those circles? And I thought about this and somebody asked me one time and it just hit me. You can't fake hungry. You can't freaking fake hungry. So if true. you're hungry, it doesn't matter if the other person sitting across from you is worth a hundred million or a million or 500,000. They're all hungry chasing the game. And if you're making $60,000 a year, but you're hungry and you're a beast and you're ready to get after it, you can't fake that. And every single one of those people up the ladder wants to be around you. Well, I think it really comes down to two is they, people see like in those networks, I, I know in the networks that I'm, I, you know, I'm in and everything, they don't pigeonhole me with my net worth or what I make or who I am. They see the true value that I bring. Yes. If you want to create relationships, bring value to those relationships. Yes, yes, don't just yes. go into a mastermind and don't go into, you know, say you want to befriend or get to know some people that are more affluent than you. Are you just going to go up to them and say, Hey, what can I do for you? That's the worst thing you can do. The worst thing. Because first and foremost, you just gave them another item on their checklist that they have to do thinking about something that, that you can do for them. That's the dumbest thing. It's going up to them saying, bringing them value. How can you bring these people value? Because I don't care if they are worth a hundred million or a thousand dollars. You can provide value to anybody. Yes. If you're seeking it yes. and you're intentional about that yes. value you bring. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. You're intentional because what they like, not what you like. And here's the other thing that we get all the time in the lender space as a real estate agent. Oh my hell. <laughs> they come and ask us and they, and they give us, they give us a call, they shoot us a text and they say, I want to go to lunch. No. I hate lunch. I hate lunch. I'd rather go to a workout, I'd rather go on a hike. I'd rather do something where we connect, but whatever. I'm sorry, because I it took wastes you to lunch, so much bro. time. It's so much time. I'm sorry I took you to lunch. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the, the idea is that like, it's like, you know, we're just wasting an hour and a half of our time, right? Yeah. We can do that somewhere else as a workout, like a workout where we could get double dip, right? I can yep. get to know you, you can get to know me, but we're also like, we're doing pushing something. Pushing ourselves. Yeah, it's pushing ourselves, right? And those are the people that I want to align with. And I wasn't always this way. Like when you asked me to lunch, I wasn't thinking this way. Yeah. This was over a year ago. That it you, was. It was right? a while ago. This is a new thought process for me. It's like, how can I just I'm be very intentional about that? I, I'm actually very intentional now with who I go to lunch with as well. Like, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'd rather be productive. Because you can waste a lot of time going to lunch. Yeah. A lot you of can. time. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes I do need to waste the time. Yeah. That's true, but, it's inten but if but it's, it's intentional, intentional it's okay. <laughs> it's an intentional waste. Right. Yeah, let's go to lunch. Yeah. But I only go to lunch with people I want to. It's not some yes. dumbass lender that calls me up going, hey, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And back, back to anyway. that. So the lender, yeah. that go, here's what they do more than anything else is we get hit up all the time by people we don't even know that are in that, that space. Mm-hmm. Wanting our business. We know this. I'm okay with the fact that they want my business, but we already have people that we use all the time, right? Yep. We have our core people. So they're trying to break into that. I can't I can't think of more than maybe one or two people that have done a follow-up. Like we'll go to lunch and that's true. it. That's very true. They don't text me again. They don't call me again. They don't follow up again. They don't come by my office, shoot the breeze. They don't do anything. They're not hungry. They're not. It's just like, oh, check that off. He's going to send me business. No, I'm not, dude. Yeah. Not me because I want to align with you. If yeah. we align, great. I agree. I agree 100%. Again, it's providing value yeah. to that relationship. 
building relationships, being in proximity. Like I love a lender that comes to me and brings me something of value. Yeah. I'll listen to them. A lead. A lead. Oh my gosh. That's the best value they you can bring. They send me a lead and it closes. I'm freaking loyal to that person. Exactly. Or, hey, how can I invest some of my money to help you get leads so where we can both like share it? Exactly. I'm loyal to those people. I am too. But how many do you get that say that? Uh, One out of a hundred? Not even that anymore. <laughs> yeah. They expect everything with nothing, you know. In the they, kindest way. But this is to help anybody that's listening that may be in that space. You want to get in with agents Share your dollars for leads, things that are actual value. Yeah, 10, 10, 12 bucks, maybe $15 lunch. Doesn't do anything. I can go, I'll, I'll be okay to go spend that on myself, right? Well, and I also think it's not just in the real estate space. I think it's really in any space. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to two is like, okay, let's take this one step further. The people that you serve in the profession you're in, let's take door-to-door sales. Are you out there just to make a sale or are you out there actually to serve? Yeah. Because I know the people that are actually out there to serve do a hell of a lot more business than those that are just out there making, trying to make the buck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that goes a long way too, is like, okay, how can I serve these people today? What am I doing to serve? I mean, some of the greatest memories I have in the real estate profession are helping those first time home buyers get into a home that could never get yeah. into one, didn't think they could. And you yeah. walking them through the process, you hand them the keys and they're like, holy shit, I did it. Yeah. You know, the process sucks getting there. Yeah, Personally, yeah. you know, just to be frank, I don't like selling real estate. I hate it. Yeah. I really don't like it. It's a means to an end. It's a, it's a, it's something that just, it's there. It's what I know. Which is so good. Cause I bet 95%, 98, 99% of people feel the same way. Yeah. Like who wants to go knock doors and call and prospect every single day and have people tell, you no every single freaking day, it's a hard profession. Yeah. If those people thinking that they're going to get into real estate, and make a shit ton of money, I'm sorry. It's a grind and it takes time and it's going to be hard and you're going to hate it for the first year, yeah. for the first few years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think that's business in general. I really do. Yeah. Like is going knocking on doors for nine hours a day during the summer fun? No. It's a grind. Yeah. I coach a lot of people in that space and I've had phone calls from people in the midday going, I can't do this anymore. Crying, literally crying. I can't do this anymore. And me talking them through that fear and that, that, that whole thing. No, you can stop thinking about the job and just go put other people first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I think that's missed in society. We don't need more salesmen. We need leaders. We need people to help bring out the value in others. Amen. Yep. We need leaders for sure. That's my whole goal is like, I want to help people see value that they have that they can't see. Because if it wasn't for those people in my life, I wouldn't be sitting across from you today. Mm -hmm. Service to many leads to greatness. You can have anything in this world that you want if you help enough other people get there. Mm -hmm. And if we just like focus on providing value, it's amazing how abundant this world is. I find when I'm having a bad day, it's usually because I'm thinking too much about myself. Yeah. I never have a bad day when I'm thinking about somebody else. It's true. Or about providing value to other people. Or just simply being grateful. Gratitude is like the easiest, fastest way they've psychologically proven for you to switch your mindset. That's why I'm a firm believer. First thing you do when you wake up, meditate Gratitude. and write, to, write down in your gratitude. But there's a, there's a difference. You can think and be grateful. Like you, you have that gratitude mindset, but when you're actually physically writing them down, 
they are ingrained in who you are that day. You cannot possibly have a bad day if you start your day off writing down your gratitudes. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Because immediately when those thoughts come in of, oh shit, this is such a grind. Like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. And then you're like, but dude, you're alive. Yeah. You woke up next to a woman who loves you for who yes. you are. Yes. You, you start you to appreciate took, the little things. You took you took a hot shower and stopped and got an eight dollar coffee, driving oh, a dude, badass truck to work. Yes, like what are you complaining about? Yes, you're be grateful. You for have what, twenty sets of clothes and you have fifteen pairs of shoes and you have all these things. Yes, exactly. You get one. You're like, healthy. You're, you have all your limbs. Like you're you're talking about the little things that the, we. I've thought the same thing when I gratitude journal. I talk about the unconscious unconscious it's the unconscious consistence in our life bro fill your chest you have a heartbeat unconsciously your body is beating that heart every single minute of every single second you're breathing air unconsciously consistently every single day and we take it for granted every single day yeah simply just be grateful for what you are and who you are will propel you to the next level. We're talking about that. Did I spend that? Did I, did I take the needle up? Yeah. Guess what? Being grateful every single day is 1%. And I guarantee it'll propel you to the next level. If that's all you can do, do that. And I guarantee you, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Can't. That that will not take you to the next level in life. You'll have a better relationship with your kids. You'll have a better relationship with your wife. You'll have a better relationship with you. More importantly. Yeah. And I think that's the most important relationship that we have in our life. We've and gone full circle. We have. Soundtrack. Gratitude yeah. soundtrack. Right? You know what? And talking about that a little bit too, because I've lived a full life. I'm 41. Full life. You know, I've been through the depths of hell and back in my life. I've been, you know, I, I, but I look back and, and at first I regretted a lot of what I did and the position I put my ex-wife in and the position I put my kids in being in bed and not getting out of bed and, and, you know, just, just the decisions I made, I regretted it, hmm. but it's gotten to a point now where I'm really grateful for, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for those hardships that I had going through that, getting diagnosed with PTSD, like, like going through the addictions and I'm grateful for them because I'm not, I wouldn't be the person I am today and the influence that I have today without those. Yeah. And it always brings me back full circle to what God has promised. We are never given anything that we can't overcome. Yeah. An obstacle that we cannot overcome. And if we truly believe that, and if we truly live that, you know, what's that saying that, that what is it? We can, we can, we can accomplish anything we put our mind to it. Yeah. But that's what it is. is you got to get out of your mind and do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And it's that story. Be grateful for the story you have. Sometimes that's hard because sometimes it takes forgiveness. You know, we're always taught and, and, and everybody talks about forgiveness in our life. We're, we need to forgive others. But very few times is said that we need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. When was the last time we were, we were said, forgive yourselves for your wrongdoings that you've done to you? Yeah, not as often as the other. Yep. That's the most important forgiveness we need. Yeah. Be selfish. Yep. 
Yeah, and selfish sometimes isn't selfish, right? Exactly. Self-love is not selfish. No. Self-time is not selfish. You got to be selfish. Self-care. Selfish before you become selfless. Yep. You have to. If you truly want to live a life of fulfillment, you have to look inside before you look out. Yeah. Dude, I love what you just said because you're going through your past. And I've heard people, I mean, this is a common thing. People say, like, you can't change the past. You can. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You change the story. Change the story. The perspective that you have now versus the perspective that you had then. Change the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it said that way. You just change your narrative. You change, you know, yeah, that chapter. Because it served you. It's written. That chapter's written. It's set in stone. It happened. But it's the perception I have on it. Yes. I love that. It's, It's what little nuggets do I have? Did I fail in my past? Yeah. I quit. There's a lot of things I did quit. I think true failure is when you quit something. Losses, on the other hand, are stuff that I overcome. That's when you get up. That's when you're going back to practice on a Monday and working on those small techniques. You know, I coach football, you know, for, for quite a, quite a while, um, little league. And that was the biggest thing that I told the kids and is like, focus on the small techniques. Cause that's, what's going to win your championship. Yeah. The small techniques. Don't focus on the big picture. Yeah. Focus on your position and the techniques you need to win that position. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And we can apply that in life. Yeah. What did I lose? How did I lose? And what are the techniques I need to do to win what I lost? That's it. Right. It's the atomic habits. It's the little things. It's the little things. Yep. And we need to stop overthinking it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, perfectionistic mindset, right? Oh, dude. It's the killer of all success. Yep, just turn it down. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I'm grateful I'm no. not perfect. Yeah. I mean, do you ever wish you were? Perfect? Yeah. I don't think I've ever thought that I wish I, I was perfect. I know. That just, that's a thought that just came in my head. Like, you know, we're be always- boring. Be perfect unto Christ, like under Christ. You know, you always hear that. Yeah. You know, the perfect the perfect man. I I- I, I don't strive for perfection in my life. Yeah. I think But you're a winner. You you want to win and you hate to lose. Yeah. Right? I wasn't always like that. I was just, I was okay with the status quo of life. Hmm. I mean, really think about it. How, how many people in society and just that you know and are like that? I don't know. My wife always tells me all the time, not everybody thinks like you, Eric. And I'm like, yeah, that's I mean, probably true, but I've always had that. Ever since I was a little kid, I've loved, I, I, I always just look at things as a game. I was playing a game. You know how that you put your hands like this and like this and you try and slap the other yeah. person? My little girl found that game because somebody else in line at Disneyland was doing that. And I I missed her a couple times, my five-year-old. And I'm like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to lose to a five-year-old. So my brain naturally worked. My wife was like, this is so you. My brain naturally is like looking for hacks to not lose again. And what I noticed is that her eyes would focus on one of my hands and not both of them. She could only focus on one. So she, when you go this way, I would do this one. And I never lost. And I'm like, (laughs) I just hated the feeling of losing. And I've always been wired that way. But it's never been, how do I put somebody else down so that I can win? But I'm very competitive in nature. And I think... What I'm really getting at by that comment is I think people need to have a belief that they're worth it, that they can win 
that they can get it done. How do they gain that belief? <laughs> Cause I've thought, I thought, I agree with you. I've always had it. So that's a hard question for see, me to answer. I haven't. So maybe I should ask you, how do you gain it? Because you have. It's connecting myself to that purpose, reconnecting our, myself. I, I don't believe, you know, we always, we always hear that whole saying that like, you got to find your purpose. Like you got to go seek out your purpose. I don't think there's really anything to seek out. I think you're born with it. I, I, it's rediscover. Yeah. You need to always be rediscovering the purpose that you're, you're truly blessed with that. You know, you talked about that, the parable of the talents. Mm -hmm. Well, that talent that you're talking about is your purpose. Yeah. Right. God gave it to us even before we were born. Yep. He knows what our purpose is. He knows what fulfills us and, and, and what drives us every single day. It's our job to get uncomfortable to find that purpose. Yeah. And without that, you don't have that sense of winning. You wouldn't, you'll never get it. I mean, really think about it. You play sports in high school. Yeah. Okay. Your purpose then was to win the championship and you do whatever it took to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You had a purpose behind that goal. You had emotion behind that goal. That's what drove you to become the best athlete possible. Right. Right. It drove you to win. Yep. And I think life is the same way. And so many people don't connect. And so they lose that, that sight of winning. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always a big believer in, you know, one of the first questions I ask any of my coaching clients, give me two or three small wins you've had. Give me two or three wins. And a lot of them like immediately go to business or like, well, I got a listing or I got this, or, yeah. you know, I, I made this many sales on door to door yesterday. I was like, I don't give a shit about those wins. Give me a personal win. Yeah. Give me something that you were proud of today or yesterday or last week. I woke up on time. That's a win. Yeah. I ate healthy. I, I worked out and I actually pushed 90% at the gym. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. You know, I wrote my gratitude journal. I actually had a thought of gratitude and I called on that person that, that I'm grateful for. And I let them know, and it just made everybody's day. That's a win. Right. Be more meaningful with the wins you have. And I think that will propel you to have those extra wins. Does it make sense? Absolutely, dude. I feel like that's where confidence comes from is doing the things that you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do them. And that's what you just said. Yeah. In essence, like I went to the gym. I woke up on time. Like it's somewhere in their brain they decided that they were going to do that and then they did it. You know what's funny is that there's a stupid exercise that I do with my clients. And anybody that's listening to this, if you want to build self-confidence, it's like Ed Milet said, I love what he says. You know, you want to build your self-confidence, keep the little promises you make to yourself. Yeah. That's what, and so, I am a firm believer in that. Yep. So what I do is I tell my coaching clients, okay, what time do you wake up? I always ask them, what time do you wake up? They're usually like, oh, 6, 37. Okay. Set your alarm for five. Yeah. And like, why? Right? Like, I was like, it's not about waking up at five. It's about doing it. Yeah. Telling yourself that you're going to do something and just doing it. That small little thing, I have them do it for two weeks. They do it like maybe 70, 80%. I know you can tell when we get back on the next call, you can tell the people that actually do it and strive and be intentional about it every single day. You can see the confidence. You can hear the confidence yes. in their, in their, 
in their, you know, in their voice, build your self-confidence. And it's a stupid exercise. It's small. It's something that anybody can do. Yeah. Tell yourself you're going to wake up a half hour early and do it. And guess what that does for the rest of your day? Yeah. You're just going to keep more commitments to yourself. Exactly. Yep. By simply just waking up a half hour early. You wake up at eight, sweet, 7.30. Wake up at 7.30, sweet, at six. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be something gradual or crazy. Like, okay, I want you waking up at 3.30 a.m. in the morning and you're going to be doing this and you're going to be, no. Yeah, and a lot of that's not sustainable anyway, right? No, it's not. It's just the commitment that you keep to yourself doing something that's difficult and not pushing the snooze button. And the thing is too, is like, are you going to be perfect at it? That's another thing too, is like what I tell them is like, I would rather you to be 80% consistent in your life than 100% sporadic. Yeah. (laughs) 80% consistency compounds over time. 100% sporadic, you're starting over every single time. Yep. Go to the gym for four months and then stop going for a month. What's going to happen? You're going to get flabby, fat, you know, out of shape. You're not, the desire to go to the gym is going to be gone. You're starting over. Right. But if you're going 80% of the time, maybe you miss a couple of days. What's going to happen? It's going to compound. Yep. Consistency compounds over time. Yep. So that's what I teach is like, I don't want you, like I woke up at 6.30 yesterday, like 6.45 yesterday. My goal is to wake up at five. Do I get down on myself? Hell no. Yeah. I needed the sleep and I embraced it. And I was like, you know yep. what? It is what it is. 80%. The 80% rule. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I like it. Dude, we've gone, we've gone a full circle on a lot of yeah. things, man. So tell me. Um, I mean, we haven't gotten to know, we've been talking a lot of like, tell me a little bit about you. Like why, where, where are you headed? Like what, what, what are your goals that you have in your life? I mean, we've talked about the purpose behind it, but where do you, where are you going, man? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my goals right now, like, so I'm starting my own podcast right now in a space that me and a buddy have, um, what space is that? It's funny. So he's, he's, uh, has a space over off bluff street. Oh, sweet. And, um, He's got an office over there and he's got a room that's just untapped. And so we're going to just use that room to, to podcast. And then um, what's your podcast about? Just a lot of the same stuff, dude. Just like, I'll probably have you on it if you're cool with it. Honestly, I dude, just, I'd love to just, uh, yeah, it's again, like helping men become better men and women become better women. What nuggets do I, f- do I feel like people need to be able to become the best version of themselves? Right. Yeah. I'm just going to call there a Google podcast. And I've been thinking like, whoa, what's a cool name or phrase or whatever? I don't freaking know. So I'm just going to call it the Eric Cooper podcast. That's <laughs> I what, love it. It's just, you know, me having a conversation with somebody. Um, a lot of my goals, it's funny because I just got done two weeks ago at a, like a goal setting retreat mastermind. And like I got done with the two and a half days. And it's funny that I didn't set a goal of like, this is how much money I'm going to make. Every year in the past is like, this is how much money. This year's different. This year's all focused on how much value can I create. And a lot of it is like spending money. Mm-hmm. Like, like, <laughs> is it scary like, a little bit? <laughs> like depleting money. And, and it yeah. does, but it doesn't because I believe so much now, Alex, in the principle that cre- value creation is like my human life value and creating value to the marketplace is just going to come back to me tenfold. I agree. And so I'm not worried about that anymore. Yeah, like it's going to cost a lot of money to get things up and going, the things that I want to do, but it's going to, I know it's going to come back. Yeah. It's not going to come back next month, but a year from now, great. 
I can wait a year. It's an investment. I can wait two. I can wait three. Yep. Right. I can wait. I can sit in the seat for that long. And that's something that I think is one of my superpowers too, is that I'm not the kind of guy that's like, I need it now. Yeah. I'm totally fine with waiting a long time. And I think that's a common thing that a lot of real estate agents have to have that are successful in that space is you have to be okay with waiting it out for a long time, for years. Tell people it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is a marathon. And it's a grind of a marathon. Mm-hmm. It's it's running our marathon backwards, going uphill the whole way. Yeah. Instead of coming <laughs> down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's really what life is. It's such not real estate. I think it's life in general. There's so there's this, that instant gratification, you know, society right now of how everything, they just want it now. Yeah. Well, happiness comes from true delayed gratification. Yeah. And it's a choice. Yeah. And it's something you have to grind every single day. And I say grind very, you know, loosely. Grind is actually a good thing. It's it's when you when you're living your f- and and living your fulfilled life, their grind comes natural. Yeah. That's one thing I've noticed. It's not work. It's not. Yeah. Well, where can people find you, man? Instagram is probably the best place, but I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube Shorts. Those are places, but just at yeah. eGoobler is most of my handles, at E-G-U-B-L-E-R. And so, yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody, honestly, and I'd love to have you on my podcast in the future and just kind of jam some more about some of your stuff in reverse roles, dude. But appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. I love this. I honestly, love on podcasts. I thank you. I, I hope people listen to this and they get out a pen and paper and take some notes. There are some, so many freaking nuggets and so much, you know, again, if you if people would just take one concept that we talked about and apply it in their life, it will propel their 2023 to a next level. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in that. One, we talked multiple. Yeah. And it came back full circle, everything. There's at least 20 something <laughs> podcasts that we just had where it's like, yeah, you just take one of those and to start applying it every single day and you'll see a massive difference in a year. Yeah. Well, thanks, Eric, for having yeah, for, coming thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me come. Oh, anytime. Can't wait to be on your podcast and, and look forward to it. Cool, dude. Okay, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks.